1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Ah, and that is it. With the crack of the bat, we are off and running. It should be a starter's pistol should be a starter's for these guys. Pistol. Yeah, it should be. Um, but uh, it, it's uh, it's Detroit City of Champions, a podcast, and uh, just going through all the stories of 1935, the amazing, amazing accomplishments of uh, some astounding athletes of all makes and models. <laughs> all for, and from the same season, too, man. Yeah. That's what's crazy. It's like, it's like yeah. never-ending content, because that's how big this season was. Yeah, and and then there's and there's side stories. There's stuff that, that we didn't get to in each and every story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's stuff that we can circle back to. Yeah. Um, and then special days and anniversaries and birthdays and yeah. all kinds of stuff to cover. And uh, we're going to do it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. And thank you for joining us. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment, collect, follow all those podcast things and all the podcast places. Thank you. Uh, for being with us do uh do smash that like button <laughs> yeah share it every comment every like every little like we're smash yeah we don't button. yeah we're every little thing really helps we really it, appreciate it, it. And, every and, like we we like like we're like we got another comment yeah we got another subscriber i, I love it's <laughs> astounding when um it is we've had i've mentioned a bunch of family members uh and relatives uh connected to the story uh, mentions like, oh my gosh, no one ever tells us a story, and it's like we know that's why yeah, we're doing it exactly. Uh, and it's absolutely, absolutely uh, our honor to do so. It's my honor to to hear you tell the stories, Charles, because uh, you've done so much research on this, and uh, you know, I, I I love putting it together and, and helping out as much as I can. And I, I just you do some astounding. Well, it's work. my honor to work with you, Jamie, as usual, man. I uh, I really we would the show wouldn't even be going on if it wasn't for you. You do all the production, you do all the work. I mean, you do. I mean, you do, I I. I, you know, I work on. I do. I work for four or five hours. You know, you know, pre-show to get ready for it. But you do all the work in between the shows, and I, yeah. I'm grateful for it. And I find myself kind of running behind on getting you stuff that you need and yeah, stuff. I'm like, right. oh, I'm busy. Hey, man. you know, it's uh, the story's been baking for how many years? <laughs> yeah, but still, there's more I could. I, I, I I'm just, I, I'm appreciate. I'm grateful for the work you do on the show. Yeah. So, and uh, I just, I love the stories because we are, uh, we, we, we hit the big three and. Uh, the next two, Hagen and, and Garwood. And, uh, but we're moving into some of the other champions. Uh, and yeah. we're talking about Eddie Tolan. I love that Eddie went to Cast Tech. Yeah. Um, and I, and because this is the Detroit City of Champions. So where else would he have gone to high school? Absolutely. Right? So, but I just, I love the little team picture. And it's like, oh my God, Cast Tech. And it's yeah. like, uh, yeah. So I, I just, uh, I love that. So other champions. But part of Eddie's story. Um, you said there was a, the, another guy. He went to Michigan. Yeah, this whole, uh, and was an astounding runner. Yeah. So what we're talking about today is this is I call this a special episode because the guy we're talking about today, his name is Willis Ward. Yeah. And Willis Ward, it, he he wasn't a um, necessarily a uh, a champion in 1935, but he's contemporary with 35. You're gonna see he's you know there was all kinds of stuff. He was this is sure. his era. Sure. Sure. And um, he was on the track with. Uh, he's a major figure, and Willis Ward is like I told myself when I was doing the books. When you know when I was writing about Eddie Tolan, that's when I really came yeah. across him. I'd never heard of him before. I was, right. was looking into Eddie Tolan, and when you're you're like, you know, you're reading about Eddie Tolan, you're putting a story together, and it's impossible not to see like. Right, like in the same galaxy of stardom, mm-hmm. is uh, is circulating Willis Ward, 
you know, um, you've got your basically your four major like sort of track stars of this era. Yeah. Um, were, were Eddie Tolan, Jesse Owens, Ralph Metcalf, and Willis Ward. These okay. are your four like sensations of this like sort of era. Right. And of you know Jesse Owens has got you know of course he, Jesse Owens was Jesse Owens. Everybody, yeah. everybody knows about him. So he came up last week, and uh, there was a picture. Of Eddie with Jesse and, and yes. Willis was in the photo. And Willis as well. Ward, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that, yeah, so that, you know, that shows three of the main, you know, stars of that era. Ed, mm-hmm. You know, Ralph Metcalf, of course, is the other guy. And he was, you know, he raced against Eddie Tolan and he finished second to Eddie Tolan at 32 Olympics and he finished second to uh, Jesse Owens in the 36 Olympics. So Ralph Metcalf was always right is there. It, is, he, is that him on the podium there? It is. Okay. To his, yep, to, you know, winning that uh, silver. <clears throat> right on. You know, so, and he was the guy that was like, you know, right with the finish with uh, with Eddie Tolan in that, like, where they both set the exact same world record, but uh, Eddie Tolan won the race. Uh, the photo finish that by, got our yeah. uh, video uh, banned on YouTube. It did YouTube. it really? Uh, yeah, YouTube does a, a pretty cool thing though. Because I saw the alert saying you're you got flagged. We're, like we got flagged. Yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. listener at home, we got flagged by YouTube. We have like, you know what I mean? Like because we played the the, the minute yeah. and a half video of the photo finish. Yeah. And it played it over time, and so we yeah, we played it in its entirety. So that would be an episode. That was the first one. Uh, so yeah. that's part one uh, of Eddie Tolan. So that's two episodes back. Uh, if you go into the show notes. Uh, the link to the video. Did you have to there. remove it, or I, did we I, still get to use it? I removed the video. Yeah. Oh, did you? So, okay. and it's neat. YouTube says, "Here's the your offending section is from here to here. Would you like to remove that?" It piece? is exactly. And, the- <laughs> yeah, and you just click yes, and it, it, it YouTube extracts. Oh, really? It for you. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I had because I had already downloaded it, edited. I, I edited it out, and I was going to re-upload it. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, well, I'm going to go in and look and see what this is, and, and YouTube did it for me. I was like, oh, huh. crap. Okay. Fair enough. Well, it's all over YouTube. You can. It's not hard to look up the, the Right, right, but the, the link is finish. in there. Good. So if, if you want to see that, go two episodes back, uh, and that photo finish, uh, just a, a, amazing. And there's that, also, like, there's also was a little, Metcalf. It, yeah, Ralph, Ralph Metcalf, Metcalf and Eddie Tolan, the 1932 Olympics photo finish. It was the, it was the, it was the uh, inst- first instant replay in the Olympics for – track and field where they right. had to go to the video to watch to to play it um, but uh, so, we're but, talking about willis yeah today. Willis. Doing, when i was doing the book originally i promised myself like willis Ward. i was like if there's ever any way to talk about willis because i put a picture of him in the book with mm-hmm. eddie tolan yeah because in the book you're working with parameters you know what i mean you're sure. dealing with you're, there's so many champions there's so many stories well, you there's got so, so many, many players and you and, and the thing with uh you know print it's there's only so many column inches Exactly. To, to work the, with. the book was like the second and third book were like a total of I think it was like seven hundred and fifty pages. I yeah. mean it was huge. Okay, I mean the JK and, Rowling, how, yeah. how long is this thing gonna be? Well that's what I'm saying, as I had to establish parameters. Sure, sure, you know, yeah. you're dealing with so many different subjects, you're dealing with so sure. many teams, so many different sports. There's so much stuff you wanted to, to put. I just do. Yeah. You should see that. You should have seen the cut room floor when it was all said and mm-hmm. done. You're just and shaving stuff off. You're like, I so, want to use it, but I can't. Yeah, You're under so a certain limit for. Willis stuff you was can do. there, and now and Willis and now, was there. And perfect I, platform. We get yeah, to talk to exactly. Him. And I was, but when I was just mentioned about Willis Ward, the conflict of him with the Eddie Tolan was that he was outside the scope specifically of Eddie Tolan, which was mm-hmm. the parameters. Like, it's, you know, like my goal was not to drift into all these other subjects. Sure. And so the, I, what I did was subjects that I, I wish that I could have, like, um, you know, expanded upon more. I would do, like, you know, I would put a couple photos in there, especially if there was a connection like this one. I have a, a similar photo as the one that's on the screen right now. Um, with the with Jesse Jesse Owens and Eddie Tolan and yeah. uh, Willis Ward, I had that. I have a, a different version of that photo in my book, and then like a like a you know like a maybe a paragraph talking about Willis Ward and encouraging the reader to look up Willis Ward because okay. 
and I and I said at that time, if there's ever any chance that I ever get to expand upon Willis Ward, I will. And it, today's the day. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and in that being said, like I said, I spent all afternoon kind of getting my research, you know, boning up on my Willis Ward, you know, information. Yeah. And what I came up with was that there, his story is like, I mean, really deep. I mean, there's a lot of different coverage on him. He's a, I mean, he's a significant person, mm-hmm. though. Although he's not really well known today, he's a significant star and. The, really, the, the the show that we're doing on him today is we're, the best thing we can really do. There's so much, and it goes so deep, and there's so many elements to him that we're just going to do a nice little overview today on him, and then we're just going to kind of we're just going to encourage. There's there's a lot of stuff online you can find sure. about Willis Ward, and there's just no way I could fit it into one episode. And 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 so and I didn't want to. We we there's so much stuff we're still to cover. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I wanted to just do one episode well, on him, do an overview it. of him. Yeah. So so anyway, so. So the so the so just the, the kind of overview of Willis Ward. Just to, I mean, I've got a ton of notes. I'm going to go down. To he the went notes, to Michigan, right? but where was he? Where was he born? And so uh, he, born in Alabama in 1912. Right. Um, he he was part of that sort of Great Migration North, okay. right? All right. So just along moved, with Joe Lewis and along with Eddie Tolan and these he moved guys, to the, right? yeah, Detroit area. Exactly, Detroit specifically. Okay. Yeah, his, right. his dad, and so they moved up to to um to, to Detroit. Uh, he's he's the he's the youngest of seven kids. Five there's five sisters and uh, he's got a brother and five sisters. They moved to Detroit in 1918. Uh, Willis's mother dies in 1919 when mm. he's seven years old. Dang. His father remarries in 1920 uh, to a widow who brought four sons into the house. So that equals 11 kids mm. in that household. And so the then the four sons were aged 15 to 22. So they're all older than than uh, uh, Willis. But anyway, so he goes to Northwestern High School in Detroit, so mm-hmm. in, which is like this, you know, the rival of Cass Tech, and so he's another Detroit high school guy, oh, right? He's another Detroit high school guy, and the Northwestern, you know, these are this is a, um, you know, Northwestern, just like sort of Cass Tech. These are, you know, especially in Detroit, you have your, you know, these are major, you know, uh, athletic hubs. You know, they're, they, they, they're, yeah. oh yeah, they're sort of they're dominant Still in the are, region. Yeah. yeah, you know, they're dominant in the region with for athletics. And so, um, so Willis Ward is, you know, spoiler alert, you know, or whatever. Willis Ward is an incredible athlete. Okay. Right. And, and, he, and it dates just back. Just crushing it in yeah, high school. He, yeah. He's just crushing it in high school. And it's just like. Yeah. But did he score six touchdowns he did not in one that. game? He did not do that. But he was a football player. <laughs> but he was a great football player. Yeah. And so, yeah. He, yeah. So he, so he didn't. Sc- I know. He's like, I score. He goes, did, Eddie Tolan's like, but did you do that? Right. <laughs> you can almost see him in that picture on the screen saying, Hey Willis, you're great and all, but did you do this? He's like, no, Jesse, I didn't nice, do that. nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. uh, did I ever mention I, I scored six touchdowns in a football game <laughs> yeah, back right. in high school? Dude, if I scored day. six, I would be saying the same thing. <laughs> I don't think a day would go by without telling that story, no, man. You're like, no, hey, by the way, did you know this? <laughs> you're like, did you see the number six on something or six cupcakes on a table or something? You go, <laughs> you're like, oh, six cupcakes. That reminds me. At the time I scored <laughs> six I touchdowns, I would never get tired never of telling that story. Yeah. So so anyway so he's a so he's a star he's a massive star in in the, uh, track and field and football uh, similar to Eddie Tolan he's a, I mean he's a star and he's potentially even a bigger football star than than even Eddie Tolan is um, so he so it's just just a kind of a brief you know synopsis there's even more than this but um, so so uh, 1929 and 1930 he leads Northwestern State uh, to uh, to the Michigan State Class A track and field championships both 1929 30. Um, so he's a two-time all all city uh, end on the football field. Oh, cool. He's an all state end in 1930. 1930, he's Michigan High School Athlete of the Year. Jeez. 
1931, he leads Northwestern to uh, ninth straight. They this is their ninth straight city track and field title. Um, he's at the same time he set, he sets a world interscholastic high, high high jump record. That was like his really signature event was the high jump. Yeah, he was also a tremendous sprinter and everything too. You know, running like under under. 10 second 100 yard dashes you know that kind of thing but he's also just this ridiculous uh, jumper leaper and and so even by uh the end of uh, 1931 he's being called the greatest athlete ever developed in detroit like that's that's the level he's being that's he's he's being regarded as um is the greatest athlete to ever come through what was do you know what his record was for the high jump uh i've got it down here uh, uh, the next little segment i'm gonna talk about okay okay because um, I've got a nice little like ratio to talk about. To, I was to trying to I'm trying to look it up mm. as to what it is now. Yeah, I, I'll, t- I'll we'll get to that in one second. All right. So because just to be, but here's what's interesting is that not only was he this tremendous athlete, as like again he's a football player, he's a he's a track and field star, yeah. he's a big dude too. I don't have his dimensions on here, but he's you know, look in the, all the pictures. He's yeah. stout, man. The guy is yeah, big. Yeah. Um, he's a big man, if, especially for his era. So yeah, he's taller than both. Yeah, uh, he's a he's and there's other Jesse. pictures we have too, and he's got broad shoulders. He just is just a fantastic physique. I mean, he's not the short like Eddie. Like you can see that. Yeah, there's a track picture of him. He, I mean, he is a, I mean, he is your prototypical athlete, man. Yeah, look at him in that starter yeah, block. Yeah, muscled up, you mm-hmm, know, chiseled, mm-hmm. granite. So, um, anyways, and, but what's interesting about with about him though is that this is an he's an academic as well. Oh wow, okay. this is not just some guy, you know, the guy that's just got phenomenal athletic skills I and he kind of rides I those. Love, love, love that. He is a phenomenal. He is an he is a, a highly intelligent individual. And so, um, in high school, he's nominated for senior class president, but serves as uh, class treasurer instead. Mm. Like he's a, he's the class treasurer. There was an article that was talking about this where they were saying um, they were saying he basically he owned. They said he owned that school. I bet he it owned that like school. It. Like he could have done anything he wanted to do in that school. I'm going to be principal today. Exactly. What do you guys think? They're like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 sure. You're, you're good. Do it. You could have the big desk. Go ahead. Yeah. So he so he graduates. <laughs> so he graduates from Northwestern at the top of his class. I love um, it. He's the first in his family to go to college. Nice. And so this is the sort of so at this point there's this dilemma for him that it's like. Um, you know he's about. Oh, that's going. an. I was like, and why is there an N on his sweater? Northwestern. Northwestern. Those there are his go. high school picks. That's yeah. his high school. All those right. are high school picks. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. So. Anyways. Um. So there's like. It's at this point he's trying to figure out which college to go to. And in our day, of course, we're you know the college is like, oh, what's the best opportunity? You know, what's you know you're 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 deciding on which college to go to, which is going to you know give you the best potential to go but to the NFL. This was a different time. This was the early 30s. Yes. And for an African American young man, exactly coming out of Detroit. Uh, you know, uh, options were more limited. They, well, yeah, not it's, a, like, it, it's it. You know, yeah, well, exactly. It's like, well, he's in a tremendous football. He wants to play football, and yeah. that's one of that's the that's really the great that's really the big issue is. Um, it, this is not mentioned anywhere in any articles that I read, but it was just, it, this is just pure speculation on my part. But he had, but Eddie Tolan, who came out of Cass Tech, is this tremendous football player who mm-hmm. wanted to go to you, you know, went to U of M. And you know, there's the debate. You know, we 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 covered the debate. Was it an injury, or was it, or was uh, it racism that prevented him from playing playing football? football. Well, plus he wanted he was quarterback. He wanted he wanted to be quarterback. Yeah, he wants to go. I mean, he wants to be play football for U of M, and he played quarterback in 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 high school at Cass Tech, right around the corner. He's a tremendous athlete, and he gets there, and they're like, "No, we just want you to run." Well, yeah, yeah. And so there's a debate about nobody knows exactly what the issue was, and. 
you know, we we tried we covered the debate on the previous episode, you know, a couple episodes ago. Was it racism? Was it an injury? Exactly. It's, but it, the but in, in either case, but in, well, in either case though, is Willis Ward is looking at this situation. You know, he that, yeah. then this is my pure speculation though, is sure. that is that have you know with the you know Eddie Tolan at this exact moment is because you know this is 1931, you know, about to be 32. And Eddie Tolan's well known. Eddie Nolan had just gone through the whole cast tech situation. He's just getting out of U of M, you know, about to run in the Olympics. Yeah. And his story about going to U of M would have been well known to to Willis Ward at this yeah. moment. You know? Yeah, that's the success. And so he's story. like, here's a guy that went to U of M and he was a tremendous guy at football playing. This again, this is speculation on my part. This is not like written about in any article. But using the context of what we are of what we've discussed previously, mm-hmm. it's not that great of that's not that big of a leap of of imagination to to say, Leap. you know, to yeah, that's a pun, pun, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, so it's not. It's, we're not taking. We're not going that far out on a limb to to speculate and say <laughs> that 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 the that the the idea of Eddie Tolan going to U of M and not being able to play football may have weighed heavily on his mind because initially. Uh, Willis Ward doesn't go to U of M, which is a natural fit. It's right around the sure, corner. Yeah. They have a tremendous track, you know, program. Yeah. Um, tremendous football team as well. They're a tremendous team. They've been winning national championships like every other year for decades. I mean, this is probably the biggest you know football program in the country, yeah. and it rates right down the street. You know, and so they're sure. and so he, so the so it's an obvious fit. But he's like, well, mm. I can, I'm not going to get a chance to play football in college, and so so what, what, why, why would I go there? And so he's talking about. So initially, he's he was going to go to Dartmouth. Mm. And so here's a um, so I have a little an article that does does a really good idea uh, idea uh, or a, a really good job of summarizing this up, and this is a this is a really highly recommended. Um, uh, there's there's a, a U of M has done an absolute ton of work on Willis Ward. Oh, did they really? With, oh, U of M. This is a made because this is what. So spoiler, this is he the, went to U of M. He, went, he yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I just blew the whole episode, and you blew it for making for pointing it out. Point it out. I might have been able to skate by about it, but but anyways, rewind. This is going to be the I'll so cut this it is, out and post. So this Don't is worry so about this it. is going to be what we're about to dive into is going to be sort of the crux of the Willis Ward story, mm-hmm. which is Willis Ward is is basically breaking color barriers mm-hmm. at U of M. That's why that's one of that's like his real you know one one of his significance in the but the thing is is as we're gonna find out here it's, you know especially by the end of his story he's breaking color barriers but there's the but the legacy is in sort of an open ended legacy it's that's I'm saying we're gonna get to that point but there's so much racism and so much classism yes. in this era yes you know just uh, you know Walter Hagen. And it's like, oh, here, go dress in the stable. Yeah, you know. Yes. And and you know, and these guys, it's like you can come to our school, but you're not gonna play football. Yeah. We're gonna have you run, yeah. run, run, and make running your favorite. Sure. You know, it's like it's crazy. The just the rampant classism well, and, and racism. But it's, these it's, these it's, are it's topics. A, that, these are topics that are. You, and you I know, love that he's breaking these barriers. Yes, but these are topics that, in my opinion, this is my opinion. In my opinion of all this, topics of classism and racism. These. These are issues that go back throughout the entire course of human history. Mm-hmm, they go mm-hmm. back to the entire t- oh. entire course of human history. Like the Romans used to have civil wars over this. <laughs> they used to, you know, this, you know, Julius Caesar. They, you know, say was he was becoming a tyrant. They stabbed him in the back. You know, there's all there's. I mean, these are issues that go back throughout human time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why they say like there's no perfect governments and all this, but there's some are better than others. Like the American form of republic. Like that's a whole other thing. But what I'm saying is, is that this, you know, at, at least in in our American history. 
this is part of the story of and, and really a neglected story of of you know of a university that has have to face with its own racism right yeah. it's like, like i hate talking about the social justice thing too much but this is a this is an obvious case and this is a guy who was breaking barriers. Yeah. However, that yeah, being yeah. said, we're going to get to the end. When we get to the end of Willis Ward's story, his legacy is a complex one. Okay. Right? It's not as clear cut as just a guy who opened doors and did all these things and okay. persevered and did like the most clear cut, you know, the, the, you know, if it, if it was a little bit more clear cut, there'd probably be movies made about him all over the place. Yeah. But it's not. And that's what I mean. And so that's, and that's why we're, you know, it's, um, that's why it's a deep subject. And we're, I want, I want to do an overview and let people kind of view this, this stuff for themselves. These things are so perfect for a Netflix special. It is, but that's what I'm saying. That, but as long as it's covered the way that it happened. Yes. And to leave the viewer deciding the legacy for themselves right, right. rather than picking and choosing and cherry picking the best and the most the most you and know the sty- elements and that stylizing are, it and stylizing it and making it shaped to, to fit a narrative or whatever show the presenting show it, warts and all exactly presenting yeah. it for what it is and allowing those and that's what I want to do today really is to is to bring it out and let you let people judge for their own self all right so so him getting into mean, Michigan is a story unto itself and in the article um, that really this but he was considering something else for because he was talking about Dartmouth initially yeah, initially because right. I think that he could have gotten an opportunity to play football there. So there's so there's a like I say U of M has a ton of there's they have there's a ton of books written on this right. there is a ton of articles written on this there is an entire uh, exhibit on Willis Ward in the Bentley Historical nice. in the muse, in the you know there's Bentley Museum at University of Michigan on Willis Ward mm-hmm. this is a complex subject for U of M this is a big subject for U of M and they and they have discussed it at in in great length I'm a proud Wolverine. Are you really? I, yeah, yeah. You went to Michigan. I did my undergrad. Oh, yes. did you really? I didn't yeah, know that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I thought you went to state. <laughs> no, no, I got my journalism endorsements later at state. Oh, did you? That's and what I got I thought. my masters at Wayne State. Oh, did so you really? I've lots of sweatshirts. You're multi. I got lots of sweatshirts. Did, at home. Yeah, I guess so. That's awesome. I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Go so blue. so so uh, so Bentley um, has this. So there's a tremendous uh, work, you know, to accompany the the museum at Bentley. Mm-hmm. They have this online exhibit as well, and it's and it's. I've seen a lot of online historical exhibits, and they're usually like foo foo, like just you know a couple couple paragraphs about something or other. This one on Willis Ward is is deep. Wow. I mean, it's in depth, and that's right. like I mean, there's there's a lot to it, and it's Good. you know I give a lot of credit to it. It's more of like it focuses a lot more on the social aspect of it than it does like all the huge accomplishments. So I was like kind of you know mashing a few other sources together to sure. actually get the information, but. But there's a lot of you know, especially when it comes to the to the you know to the racist elements and the the barrier breaking and stuff. That's you know they really they really dive deep into that. All right. So um so anyways, this comes from this uh from this exhibit, um or from this you know from this online Bentley exhibit, and it's easily found by just looking up Willis Ward and you know um and then it'll be like one of the top three links. It's like okay. it'll say Bentley, and it's highly encouraged if you want to really dive into. There's books on Willis Ward. We'll put the link in. The, I think in the, the show lady notes. that the lady that was the lead uh, writer for this Bentley exhibit online. I think she's got a book, um, and it's uh, I think she's got a book titled um, 
uh, more. Oh. I think it's, it's it's called More Than a Game. I think that that's that the online exhibit is based off of her book. All I, right. So but, we'll have links to that. Yeah. And we'll have links to the exhibit. So the, but the the article overall is called More Than a Game, and okay. it's this online Bentley Archives exhibit. So all right. But anyways, um, so I just want to read like a passage because she they do a really good job. I I could I, I could just try to summarize it, but they do such a great job of discussing. Um, the the intricacies and the many many people that are involved. So I'll just gonna, I'm just going to read it. So okay, yeah. all right. So uh, Willis Ward was well aware of the rule that African American students could not play football at Michigan. No African American had played in a varsity game for Michigan since George Jewett in 1892. U of M athletic director and former coach Fielding Yost, a Southerner by birth and attitude, was determined to keep it that way. Several African-Americans had tried out for the team during Yost's tenure as coach, and although one was awarded a reserve letter, not one was allowed to play in a varsity game. Mm. Though the rule was never explicitly stated, it was well known among African-Americans locally and in black communities around the country. Philadelphia Tribune sports editor Randy Dixon summarized the rule in a January 11, 1934 column on the situation at Michigan. Mm. They say that old Pop Yost, and this is a, the quote from that article, they say that old Pop Yost, when he relinquished the reins as grid mentor several years ago, bequeathed as a, a, as a heritage the slogan, no Negro shall ever represent Michigan in football. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> That's pretty specific. And the, uh, the ice, the ice arena is named after ex- that, that uh, well, guy. Do you it, think they'll change the name of that? I don't know. Yeah. But it's... You know, but the, again, it's not. You know, this is this is articles yeah. are talking so, about. Dude, you know, not cool. Yeah, All right. yeah. So, anyways, whether or not Yost literally spoke those words, it is unquestionable that a large part of the African American. See, like right, she says it right here. Whether or not Yost literally spoke those words, that's the controversy. They don't know sure. for sure. Sure, sure. Right? You know, it but is. It is the, pra- un- the practice and the proof is there. That there was. There was not there wasn't any. Yes. Yes. But the quite you know, but it also becomes too is is how many you know African Americans were playing high school football was you know Michigan is a superpower juggernaut at this point. Yes, yes. They did have a black player as a reserve. If they had, if it was zero black players whatsoever, why would they even have a reserve? Yeah, but player? Eddie six touchdowns. That's didn't get to play here. Well, here, but go, Eddie go, go also said. But Eddie also said it he had a knee been, injury. Might have been, and he wore injury. a wrap on his knee his entire career. And Eddie right. never explicitly said it was he. Right. They wouldn't let him play. Right. You see what I'm saying? That yep, was yep. the controversy. It's hazy. In the it's hazy. It's hazy. That's all what I'm right. saying. So any talk about removing his name and all that would be premature because even this, even this, this author mm-hmm. who is who, who the focus of this is she's a she is a very sympathetic writer towards. The social justice aspect, right? And even her, even she is saying whether or not Yost literally spoke those words. It is unquestionable that a large part of the African American community and the African American press, in particular, believe them to be true. Sure, sure. So, so, so well, and it's almost as it could very well be a self fulfilling prophecy too. So, well, I'm not going to go to Michigan. I'm not going to try mm-hmm. because they won't allow. So, exactly, and then yes. it's like a self fulfilling exactly. prophecy. Yes. So, yeah. So, um, so, so, uh, so, such racist segregation unquestionably existed in other sports at Michigan. Yeah. Dixon's column was spurred by the news that Franklin Lett, an African American All State player from Battle Creek, Michigan, had not been allowed to compete on Michigan's freshman basketball team. Mm. So there was another sort of situ- situation there, right? So recruiting Ward. So as a as a high school senior, Ward did not even consider applying to Michigan and was set to enroll at Dartmouth. Until Marshall Parker, the only African American clerk employed in the Wayne County Circuit Court, arranged an interview for Ward with Judge Guy Alonzo Miller, a U of M alumnus. Miller had been a star pitcher for U of M in 1895 to 1898 and captain of the 1897 baseball team. He graduated from the literary department in 1898 and the law department in 1900. 
He was active in Republican politics, served in the Michigan House and Senate, and in 1924 was named to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. Mm. On the bench, he was a liberal, particularly in race, and was peripherally involved in the notorious Ossian Sweet case, according to one descendant. Sweet, an African-American physician, and 10 others were charged with murder in 1925 after he and two of his brothers and a number of friends used firearms to defend themselves in Sweet's home against a hostile white crowd protesting his family's move into a Detroit neighborhood. Mm. And so... um, so there's a whole other bit about the case. We'll move on. Uh, Miller was interested in Ward's, in Ward's situation and the opportunity it presented and asked Parker, the county, the court clerk, to arrange an interview. Believing nothing would come of it, Ward agreed to meet with the judge mostly as a favor to Parker. When Ward ex- explained his decision to attend Dartmouth and mentioned Yost's rule, Miller asked, well, will you help us break this rule? Ward, agree- Ward agreed. Nice. Will you help us break this rule? And Ward agreed. Nice. So it takes somebody to say, let's break the rule. So, yeah. Right? It's, it's a, an unwritten this, rule. And it's, if like, it's It's not, it's not break, you know, it's etched in granite. And so this is, you know, like this is what's, you know, we're going to keep going yeah. here. But this is going to be a signature thing for Willis Ward. This is a big deal. He's breaking the the color barrier. So it was a couple other people motivating him to do this yes. and saying, "Hey, let's having uh, we're behind support. you. You got we got your back. Let's yeah. uh, let's do this." All mm-hmm. right. So Miller then enlisted attorney James Murphin, a U of M regent and former member of the board in control of intercollegiate ah. athletics and industrialist Fred Mathai, head of the Detroit Alumni Club, to convince coach Harry Kipke to recruit Ward. It didn't take much persuading. Kipke and the football staff certainly would have been aware of Ward through football circles and at the extensive press coverage Ward had received. Yeah. And the fact that in the previous two years he had been the outstanding athlete in the, at the interscholastic track meet held at U of M's Ferry Field. Kipke himself was not opposed to recruiting black athletes. He had played on integrated high school teams in Lansing, Michigan, and in the outfield in 1923 with Rudy Ash, U of M's first black baseball player since brothers Fleet and Weldy Walker in 1882-84. When asked if he would play a black athlete, Kipke reportedly responded, you're darn right I'll take that kid. <laughs> uh, athlete of the year for yeah. the state of Michigan? Uh, get him he's some like, cleats. When asked, yeah, he's like, when asked if he'll play, like, you're darn right I'll take him. Uh, Kipke went to the Ward home in Detroit and convinced a skeptical Henry, which is his father, that his son would be happy if he came to Michigan nice. to play football, run track, and get an education. Nice. Powerful backers, Kipke did not have to did have to battle Yost, some of his coaches and alumni who wondered why Michigan needed an African American player since it had been winning without them. Ward recalled hearing from credible sources that on more than one occasion, in places like the Detroit Athletic Club or alumni gatherings, gatherings, Kipke took his coat off and was prepared to fight with those who bitterly opposed having a Negro play play for Michigan. And so um I think I yes. think I think we have uh, say it wouldn't be the last time uh, another was hero in this episode yes. too. We got two. Henry Kipke. Kipke was at Champions Day. He was at at the celebration oh, at the was Michigan he? at the at the uh, yeah. He, Kipke, whenever you're reading these, cheers 19, to him, yeah, man. cheers to Kipke. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, and when he, whenever there's City of Champions talk, they always they mention Harry the Kipke all the time. But he was the college football coach mm-hmm. um, at the time. How you a U of M? Yeah. How did how did Michigan do that year? Well, we're about to find oh, out. All right, because Willis Ward is. Yeah, <laughs> In Michigan. How does he? How's he? Yeah, it's how funny did, you should how, ask. How did Michigan do in '35? How do they? Well, we'll, we'll get to that. So, right. so he's. Um, I want to know how high well, he 30, jumped. Yeah, and I want to know how Michigan did in '35. Yeah, right, keep so, going. So, um, here the actual '35 year, I got to queue up because I don't actually have that year because I, yeah, I think it's right outside the boundary of what we're talking about, which is a. 
Um, could you take a look at the U of M's record in 35? Because it's actually yeah, outside I'll, the boundary of what we're talking okay, about. Okay, okay, Just okay, by hair, ahead. just by hair. Yeah, yeah. He, was he playing in 35 So no? he, So he, so all I right, think his, he played football all the way through 34. So uh, I forgot, I didn't get right. to 35 on here. I forget. Michigan didn't do that great in 35. But um, but anyways, in thir- when he first comes to U of M, they're, uh, they're awesome. So so 31, is he's on the freshman team. But 32, um, is, is that's they qualify that really as his, as his freshman year. Um, so, uh, but it was like his second year of college eligibility or whatever. It's kind of murky as far as his classification because some people say it's like thirty ones is fresh. Anyways, <clears throat> so the, so like his his when he goes to U of M, he is they he is regarded as one of the greatest athletes in U of M's history. Okay, this is it's like. We're just like a lot of this stuff. We're just gonna have to rip through because there's so. I mean, it's just like there's so much. Yeah. yeah but yeah. and it, in answer to your to give you like context about the NCAA, um, uh, or as far as the the high jump record at mm. the time, or like to give you context. Yeah. So his so his freshman year, 1932 on varsity, so he wins the uh, high jump championship with a jump of six foot seven and a half inches. And to put that into context, you know, again, six foot seven and a half inches for the high jump. Uh-huh. To put that into context, the gold medalist at the thirty-two Olympics, which was that same year that he was a freshman at Michigan, the gold medalist in thirty-two Olympics was a was a Canadian named Duncan McNaughton. Yeah, and he jumped six foot five and a half. Uh, <laughs> the so, current the current high school record is uh, seven feet. Six inches. Jeez. Well, they've had 80 years to build on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. It's, it's six not, foot, what it's is like, it? How far is it? Uh, seven, seven foot, six inch. Okay, so they've jumped an extra foot. Yeah. About 11 inches. But that's, you know, that's not uh, too far afield. Well, what's it going to be another 80 years? They're going to be jumping eight, nine feet. <laughs> Jeez. We keep watering. Like the, the record's not just going to stay keep, stagnant and never grow, you know? Water in the grass. That's kind of what's, I guess that's what's kind of cool about athletics is that people kind of keep pushing the boundaries yeah. because their athletic abilities keep, keep, you know, getting better and better. Yeah. Um, but so, anyways, yeah, so that's crazy that it's, it's actually gone up a foot. But, but yeah, he's, but he, well, what's, what I love, what was interesting is that he's, his record is, is better than the gold medalist at the 32 Olympics. So like he could have potentially been in the Olympics at that exact moment and won the gold medal. Like that's how good he was. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, uh, so he does. So he, as far as play football, he, so Ward, Willis Ward is the first black U of M football player since eight, since 1890, what'd she say? 93. Yeah. Um, he started four games at end and U of M in his first, in, in his first year on varsity wins the national championship with an eight and zero record, they're they're undefeated eight and zero record and they outscored their opponents one hundred and twenty three to thirteen. Wow. So they're a dominant team yeah, in the yeah. in the way that like it isn't just like oh we started four random games no he like started like the last four games of the year because he'd been like slowly working his way into the lineup and proving himself and once he once he got into the starting lineup he stuck I mean this mm-hmm. and he's you know this is a freshman on varsity year and he's a stud they're saying he's like I mean he's you know he's you know he's a tremendous you know and he's only going to get better. Um, so it, it so 1933, uh, you so the uh, the Associated Press calls calls uh, Willis the the a one man track team because he's just there. The U of M is just crushing at track and everything. Yeah. Um, so he so the U of M wins the indoor and outdoor Big Ten championships. You know, behind Willis Ward and all these you know points he's getting and all this. Oh. Um, What's it? Yeah, go what, ahead. Yeah, so there's. I mean, it's just. It's just. Li- there's just lists of all the different events he's winning. Um, Time mag. He starts to get a, na- a ton of national coverage. There's a couple different Time magazine articles that he, that talk about him. 
Um, one of them, uh, they talk about uh, that he is uh, not only you know all they they're 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 just listing off his achievements yeah. in Time Magazine, saying there's this new guy in town, he's awesome. But uh, but another thing that happens in 1933, which is especially worth mentioning, is that there's a there's an honor society called the Sp- it was at the time it was called the Sphinx uh, Junior Honor Society, yeah, yeah. and it was uh, just a it's like I mean you it's you have to be like nominated for it and all this you know it's a it's an academic thing. And he's the first black man inducted into that wins this to gets in the Sphinx Honor Society, you know. So this is guy that, who's intelligent as well. He's not mm. just a pure athlete, right? Right. And that's that's I think one of my favorite elements of him, especially when we're going to talk about like his post uh, athletic career because this guy goes on to some big big things. So you know who played center for Michigan? Yeah, in yeah, that's where, yeah. Are you getting there? Yeah. Well, we right. can, you can mention him right Go now. Ahead. Yeah, not, uh, Gerald Ford, Gerald future president. Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was well, he was in 1933? He was uh, the center, mm-hmm. Ger- uh, President Ford. Yeah, there's. I had a great picture I was going to send you, Gerald but I just Ford. didn't put it. There's a. Just, you can find some pictures online. Yeah, of them. He's yeah, a great. Yeah. Yeah, there's some great shots of him, um, especially when you see him. Like you know, a lot of us remember him as the president, but when you look at him as the the U of M football player, he's a beast. Right. <laughs> he's like a. You look. He looks mean, man. I know. Uh, uh, um. So, anyways, yeah. So you know, Big Ten championships. Time magazines mentioned him. This guy's growing into national presence. Uh, so in this, so in in 1933, he starts all eight games of, of the U of M football. And in the U of M wins their second consecutive national championship and also an undefeated season again. So two years in a row, undefeated and national championships. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so anyway, I just want to mention too, we're talking about Gerald Ford. He was a beast in that time, but the the yeah. beast of all beasts is Chuck Bernard. Oh, and that's another guy. At some point, we're gonna I want to do a dive into him. I want to do a deep dive into Chuck Bernard, like we're doing a Willis Ward today. Because Chuck Bernard was for the center, he was the center, and Chuck Bernard is one of the greatest, and he's one of the greatest college football players of all time. Mm-hmm. Chuck Bernard is a friggin' monster, and he was the center. He was he because he he ended up signing with the Lions in 1934. He was their first like big college recruit signing. Yeah, Chuck Bernard signed with the Lions in 1934 when they first came to Detroit. Chuck Bernard was there was was a center for the Lions, and he mm. was. He, that guy, when we get to him, he was a beast. And he was an important guy because he's like a first overall draft pick is today. Like he's yeah. like this like major figure. Like he's the center of the undefeated Wolverines who just won. He was the center for two straight, you know, undefeated national championships. Yeah. And he was a superpower. Like Willis Ward was awesome. Yeah. But Chuck Bernard was a monster. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the greatest of all time. So it's so people listening to the audio podcast, you miss out on some of the stuff we do yeah. as we stream it onto Facebook and, uh, and YouTube. The videos are that's Gerald Ford. Yeah. That's uh, Gerald Ford there uh, at center for Michigan. But even Gerald Ford's like, in, uh, but even Gerald 33. Ford's, but even Gerald Ford's like, dude, yeah. Chuck Bernard was a beast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah. Him, like, Chuck so. Bernard was a beast, man. Like, but as a, so yeah, Gerald Ford. I, th- I think Gerald Ford was a was a bit of an understudy for Chuck Bernard until right. Bernard left, and then he was a full time center. But because Chuck Bernard was a monster, and we're gonna get to him at some point. But he was mm-hmm. like, but when he went signed with the Lions, it was a major deal because they were like, there's this new team coming to Detroit, and Chuck Bernard was w- incredibly well known to all the U of M fans and faithful and all this because he was right. such a star. And then they're like, Chuck Bernard signed with the new Detroit football team. That was a major get for them. Anyways, um, so yeah, so Chuck Bernard is part of this team as well. He's a beast. And so, um, so anyway, so again, second straight undefeated season. Uh, in this case, uh, um, uh, Willis Ward is an honorable mention All-American at end. So he's a major contributor as well at this. Uh, so honorable mention All-American end. 
And then so um and then so he finishes up the uh, Willis Ward does in nineteen thirty three. Real quick though, Chuck Bernard. There he is. Yeah, that's my guy so, right uh, there. I love yeah. Chuck Bernard. Twenty seven. I've met his son too. That's oh I've yeah. Met his son. Yeah, Chuck Bernard Jr. That's uh, yep. Talked to him quite a few times. Twenty seven is my number. Is it really? Mm-hmm. That was my number, my scroll number in the fraternity. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's um, anyway. So yeah. So so anyways. So. Uh, uh, Willis Ward is honorable mention All American at end, and then the other end I forgot his name. I didn't write his name down, but the other end was yeah. a, was a straight up All American. Right. So they have an All American at Monsters one end. Just yeah, they have an All American at one end. They have an All American, uh, an honorable mention All American at the other end. Let's tear and I know up. that Chuck Chuck Bernard was a was an All American center. I mean, sure. they had All Americans up and down that team. That's that's a it was just a beast. Those couple of years at U of M football, you, you, it's really worth your time to look up because they mm-hmm. they had some absolute studs. Um, ever, there's a guy named Ever Ever Hardus Ever Howdus. He was a he was a back. He was a stud for them too. Yep. But anyways, uh, um, there so they were uh, so it, and then in in 1933, Willis Ward is uh, there's a the Big Ten Athlete of the Year. He loses. He's only he's second only by a couple of points. So there's um, 55 total votes, and Willis Ward uh, gets 50. So he gets second place with 15. The, wow. num- the first guy, uh, his name is Dwayne Purvis of Purdue. He, w- he gets number one by with 17 votes. Oh wow! That's so, close. so yeah, so he gets 17. And I didn't even look up Dwayne Purvis, but he had to have a crazy year too in order to be to beat out Willis Ward because sure. Willis Ward is like setting records and doing all this and playing football as an All American end. Yeah. You know, so so Dwayne Purvis, and I've heard his name before. I just I can't place his exact accomplishments. But anyways, so he wins. He's second for the Associated Press Big Ten Athlete of the Year, nineteen thirty three, and then so uh, in nineteen thirty four is is which is I guess technically his junior year. Um, he is just winning races like like it's going on a style. Like he's he swept the sixty yard dash, high hurdles, high jump in five five indoor meets, and he does the same in those same races. He sweeps all those events in the Big Ten Conference Championship. Um, and then in the, the, that was the uh, indoor championship, and then there was an outdoor championship, in which he he wins half the events, but then like pulls a muscle in his ah. in, in one of it, and pulls a muscle and like doesn't finish the other ones. But um, and that but the only problem is that football um their their football team has a one and seven record. Like a lot of these guys were gone. Like Chuck Bernard was gone at this point, and a lot of these other studs were had great had like gone to the NFL or whatever. So Michigan U of M has a regression in their in their um, in their football team, but there's a major there's like this is but this 1934 like um, this is a major pivot for like the rest of Willis Ward's story. We're gonna pivot right here as well and take a pause. We're gonna pick this back up more about Willis Ward and how this turn happens here in 34 for him. What What is the turn? Where is this story going? What happens to Willis after this? A lot more to investigate, a lot more to talk about, a lot more to explore. Willis Ward, it's Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Charles and I cannot thank you enough for uh, the time that you take to listen to these episodes. Uh, you can do us a massive favor by just uh, subscribing or liking, telling a friend, any one of those things is uh, just perfectly gold to us. DetroitCityOfChampions.com, the website. Uh, WearingFunny.com. You can get the merch at both of those places. And uh, say hi to us. That's uh, always a fun thing to do, too. Say hi anytime. Leave a comment, and uh, we'll get back to you. Guaranteed. There he goes. Detroit City of Champions, the podcast.